0: Hey, this is Linda Cohn from ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. Another addition to the ML Sports Platter Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, Deezer, you name it. Go ahead and download, subscribe, leave feedback in a five star. Review. We are brought to you by Rosie's Corner, Bruton Ace Hardware, the Vince Aguirre Consulting Group, and our great friends at the Syracuse Fitness Store. It is, in fact, holiday time. Great shopping there with their home bikes and treadmills and uh, ellipticals and uh, workout weights and uh, workout mats. You name it, they've got it. Erie Boulevard in Central New York, if you're in and around the area. Syracuse Fitness Store is a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor. Let's recap Week 13 in the NFL. We are certainly nearing the finish line of the season and jockeying for positions and seating and home field and all that sort of jazz. And, of course, let's take it all the way back to last Thursday, the first game of the week, a Cowboys win over New Orleans. And, again, the New Orleans Saints are just so hampered with with no weapons, no quarterback. Uh the the defense is is decent in spots, but it's certainly not enough, you know, to keep up with many, many teams they play. Um the Bills took advantage of that on Thanksgiving night. Um and boy will we get to Buffalo later. Um but many teams have taken advantage of New Orleans and it just goes to show you how they really don't have anybody, you know, your, your home field advantage only works when your team is good, right? I mean, think about home field advantages when teams are are awful. Like, is there one? Is It's not even close to what it would normally be if you're winning uh, because obviously sellouts and, you know, fans are are louder uh, if the team's doing well. And New Orleans doesn't really have much of a home field advantage anymore. I mean, they get loud, but then, you know, the, the, the game starts to – go downhill and then, baboom boom um, they, they, they just don't they don't have that home crowd. Uh, Taysom Hill was absolutely horrendous. Uh, gives Trevor Simian probably a little bit more of a, a, a good feeling, although I don't know how many vibes are going around the Saints locker room right now that are good. Um, Taysom Hill had an 100-yard game rushing as well, but, again, those four picks really, really hurt um, New Orleans. Um, I thought Dallas did a decent job running the football. Um, Tony Pollard has become uh, a really, really important piece to their offense. Obviously, he went for 71 yards on seven carries, uh, average of 10.1, which is pretty good, and he had a touchdown. So good for Tony Pollard. Zeke Elliott got 13 carries, not a great average day for 45 yards. Even C.D. Lamb got involved with some trickery. Um, and so, you know, this Cowboy team, It's funny because there's a lot of games this year where the Cowboys have been running it like the most recent times with Zeke Elliott, but they're doing it with a little bit less on the carry side and divvying up those carries, right? So instead of running it, you know, 22 times, and two of those being Dak Prescott runs and 22 of them being Ezekiel Elliott runs or 26 carries for Ezekiel Elliott, you know, they had 24 carries, three with Prescott, one with Lamb, uh, 13 for for Elliott, seven for Pollard, right, where, like, Elliott would get the bulk of those carries. So uh, that's certainly a dynamic that has been implemented. Um, you just have to love C.D. Lamb and what he brings to the table right now uh, a- a- as a receiver. Um, the Cowboys have some major, major, major weapons. Now, I-, I know that a lot of people out there love Dak Prescott, Um I don't have him in the elite category of quarterbacks in, in the NFL, um, but Dak Prescott, I'll tell you this. He he doesn't give you what a Rodgers, Russell Wilson, you know, Patrick Mahomes give you, but he battles really, really hard. And he was 26 of 40 for 238 yards and a touchdown, and had a bad interception, but, um, you know, I think Dak is is a fighter, and I think that's one thing that if you're a Cowboy fan, you have to love uh, out of your quarterback. Um, you know, the question becomes, again, on the big stage against a big-time team, what does Dak Prescott do in the fourth quarter? I think the Dallas Cowboys' playoff uh, success will hinge on that. Uh, they're now 8-4, and four, they're 4-2 four and two away. I mentioned the New Orleans Saints not really having a home field advantage much anymore. Well, they're two and four at home. I mean that that team has just lost all of its home field advantage in 2021 uh, without weapons and without a quarterback. Let's move to the Sunday games. The Buccaneers beat the Falcons 30 to 17, just a monster game for Leonard Fournette. Tom Brady was was slicing and dicing the Atlanta Falcons um defense and right now Tampa Bay uh, they're probably on the short list here, right? I mean, I, I would say it's between them, uh, uh, Green Bay, Arizona, and like the Patriots as the four best teams in the NFL. Um, Tom Brady, 368 yards, four touchdowns. He's just unconscious. He's getting great protection. You give Brady any kind of protection, it's over. Um, and this was just a roster in Atlanta that couldn't compete with the roster of Tampa Bay. Um, you know, you, you have Leonard Fournette running it, 13 for 44, Leonard Fournette, 7 for 48 through the air and a touchdown. Um, He's a factor on the ground. He's a factor catching the rock. Gronkowski, two touchdowns. Mike Evans and Godwin got involved and had a great game. So uh, this Buccaneers team right now looks like they're clicking everywhere and they're really, really complete. They can do a lot of things uh, to beat you. And certainly the defense is another – cog on the wheel here with sacks and opportunistic um, things happening. I mean, they had five sacks in this game, uh, two from King Sue, two from Vita Vey, who's really coming on, and then Cam Gill with a sack as well. So, uh, you know, this defense, it, 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 it's really hard. Um, they're a good tackling team. Uh, they've been better in coverage the last four or five weeks. Um, they can get sacks. They can get interceptions. Uh, this is a really 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 stout good um Tampa Bay defense and it was just a little a little much i think for Atlanta to handle now what i will say is in a positive light for Atlanta which i know it's hard these days with Atlanta because they are just such a broken franchise since the 28-3 lead blown to the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl quarterback patterson uh is is a monster um you know, he, here's a guy who's been running the football. Uh, he can catch it still, of course. Um, but, you know, he, he had, what, 78 yards on the ground and 18 yards through the air. Uh, so he had a pretty good, you know, 96 yards uh, overall. He's becoming a major weapon, a major X factor. And I, I, I think Atlanta maybe wants to, should look into, um, you know, Corderell Patterson, Kyle Pitts you know, building around those those two guys. You know, I, the status of Calvin Ridley obviously is unknown. Um, but maybe you want to try to start to build through those guys. And I think Atlanta needs a ton of help on defense, too. Uh, and, and, again, it's easy to say, well, look, look at what the Bucks did against them. And the Bucs have done that against a lot of teams this year. But uh, Atlanta truly, truly does need uh, some corners. I mean, there's just nobody there to match up with wide receivers uh, in the NFC. And certainly – residing in your own division with the likes of, uh, you know, Evans and Godwin and others. So uh, Atlanta has a ton of work to do. This was a game that was so predictable. Atlanta also is horrible at home. They're 1-5. And and Tampa Bay right now looks every bit the part uh, of a Super Bowl contender in their hopes to repeat uh, as champions. Let's keep moving through the games here. The Cardinals beat the Bears. Kyler Murray back. DeAndre Hopkins back. James Conner Had a jaw-dropping one-handed grab for a touchdown. The Cardinals are rolling and rocking right now, 10-2, 7-0 away. They're the best road team uh, in the NFL. Uh, David Montgomery in a losing cause, really nice game for him. I like watching him run. He had 90 yards and a touchdown on 21 carries, but it was just too much Arizona, too much offense. Obviously, Buda Baker uh, with a huge play in this game as well with the pick and the return. Uh, that's what they do arizona, Tampa, Green Bay Patriots. they can get sacks and interceptions and create points off of their um off of their their uh, defensive production and I think that right now um, Arizona, you know they just look to be clicking and they look to be one of the confident groups uh, in the NFL and why wouldn't you be at ten and three uh ten and two pardon me at the uh, top of the NFC. One of the shockers from the week, certainly, I think, was the Chargers going in and just blowing out Cincinnati uh, on the road. You know, you never know with these two teams when they played, it's funny because you go to your, you know, like your pick'em leagues, right? And you're like, man, I, I don't know. I, I can't, I can't really, you know, I, I can't really tell which Charger team's going to show up, right? I can't really tell what, what Bengal team is going to show up. And then they play each other, and Cincinnati uh, looks like they're not a playoff team and the L.A. Chargers look like they're back and have a major opportunity to uh, make some noise. Um, so this is, this is a very um, hard thing to figure out with these two teams, but certainly in this particular game, um, I think that the Chargers with Herbert and Eckler... Uh, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, who now is having corona issues, um, they, they really exposed the Bengals early in space, um, whether it was man-to-man or zone. Uh, the Bengal receiver or the uh, Charger receivers, I think, really um, set the tone by getting open early and making plays, and then from there everything kind of opened up a uh, little bit here with the run, a little bit back up on it with the pass, uh, Guyton had a big game. Eckler was fine out of the backfield and running it. Um, you know, Mike Williams was was really good. Keenan Allen had a couple of touchdowns. So, um, you know, this was an L.A. Charger win that uh, I, I I don't take a lot from it. I, I think that two inconsistent teams played each other, and the Chargers had the way better day. Now, you know, I picked Cincy in this game because of the Chargers traveling across the country and never knowing what you know team you're going to get. With this Chargers group, a good grief, the Bengals, you just can't figure out what the heck's going on uh, with this team. And, you know, frankly, defensively, there are a lot of teams that lack secondary uh, uh, physicality and and cover corners. I mean, I mentioned Atlanta, uh, the Giants, the Eagles, the Bengals. I mean, I can go on and on. You can even throw Buffalo in there. I mean, you know, there are so many teams that lack coverage uh individuals out there and I think Cincinnati really really got exposed by the LA Chargers it was a heck of a game plan um, by the Chargers you know they started right out of the shoot scored what 16 points in the first quarter um, and and didn't look back in a 41-22 win Cincinnati Falls to seven and five the Chargers improved to four uh let me see here on the road they are is it four and two I feel like I saw four and two they are 4-2 away, yep, and 7-5 and uh, overall. Hats off to the Detroit Lions. They score a touchdown at the buzzer, 29-27, win their first game of the year over the Minnesota Vikings. That's just obviously a crippling loss for Minnesota and their playoff hopes, and, you know, it's amazing. Kirk Cousins this year, um, you know, you, you look at his numbers and go, man, this guy, I mean, Minnesota's a playoff team. I mean, look what he did against Detroit. <laughs> You know, again, thirty for 40, 340 yards, and, and two touchdowns, I and mean, that that gets it done most of the time. He's had a splendid year. You know, he really has. Um, Justin Jefferson, great year. Uh, Madison stepped in, next man up for Dalvin Cook. But Minnesota, they can't get out of their own ways as the game goes on. They figure out ways to beat themselves. The defense is terrible, especially on third down. And you know, other teams just just do the right thing. You have penalties, you know, um, the the Vikings just figure out ways to lose, and they did against Detroit. Dolphins at the Giants. Don't look now, but Miami and Brian Flores and Tua Tug of Viola, they're six and seven. They've won five games in a row. They're hot as a pistol, and they are charging towards a possible playoff spot uh, in the AFC. The Giants are just dismal, zero. Zero weapons on offense. Saquon Barkley still does not look like he has full range uh, of motion. Um, but the story here is that uh, Miami stuck with Tua. You know, they went out and got Jalen Wide on the draft. He's becoming one of the top wide receivers in the entire league. And so their offensive weapons are humming, and they're they're just playing with confidence. And remember that rugged Brian Flores defense and 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 style uh, that wasn't there in the beginning of the year, right? That's what we heard a lot. They were getting pushed around and all the rest. Well, boy, I tell you what, they are back in the physicality department, man. I mean, this team has really, really, really been great, and... I've talked all, all year long, I talked about it before the Bills games. I talked about it all year long with this Miami group. Their corners are as good as any corners in the entire NFL. When you look at Byron Jones and you look at Xavier and Howard, uh, these two guys are absolutely fantastic. Uh, they take away the big play. They can come up and stop the run. They're extremely versatile, great hands, really good tacklers. And Miami's getting some major, major mojo back right now, man. They are on fire, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them make the postseason. Eagles beat the Jets 33-18. Looked like at times during this game the Jets just frankly quit. Uh, Dallas Goddard, congratulations to me for not uh, starting them in my fantasy team. You know, fantasy is just as unpredictable as these regular games, considering I had Zach Gertz had a big week uh, a couple of weeks ago there uh, right before the bye. Um, I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of like his matchup. Uh, you know, Goddard against the Jets, yeah, good, but he's so inconsistent. Uh, it could be a bad day for him. If I had started him, I would have won. I mean, that, that, that's just the bottom line. Uh, 105 yards, two touchdowns on six catches. Huge, 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 huge win for the Eagles. I know it's, I know it's the Jets, I do, but, you know, going in, um, it's it's a close game geographically. You can you know you can quickly quickly get there, win quickly get home. Um, I tell you what, that's a that 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 you know the Eagles there. I mean you couldn't lose that game anyway, right? If you're the Eagles and you're actually vying for a playoff spot, you you want you know people to take you seriously as a playoff contender. Uh, you can't lose to the Jets, right? The Vikings lost to the Lions. I, I don't think that they're a legit playoff contender. I just don't. You can't lose those games. Late in the year, it's just the bottom line. Eagles are now five and seven, five and three away. The Jets are two and four at home and three and nine uh, overall. The Colts beat the Texans 31 to nothing. Just a total manhandling job here by the Colts. Uh, too much Jonathan Taylor starting it off. What a great play call that was, where they did the direct snap to him, and it just seems like he can do anything he wants in the football field right now. And with that run game, with that powerful offensive line. Uh, Houston just had no answers, and Houston doesn't have any weapons. They pretty much got an expansion team on both sides of the ball. Indianapolis is a team you don't want to play in the postseason as well because of Taylor, because of the physicality, because of Carson Wentz working off the play action. Uh, Indy is now 7-6, and 4-2 and two away, and uh, it's very important to note that they have the tiebreaker over the Bills. The Bills are number 7 right now. But they play the Bucs this week. It's going to be, I think, a really ugly game for the Bills. I think they're going to get blown out of this game. And then they'll be sitting pretty at 7-6. Sitting pretty, I'm also just joking around with that. Um, the Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers, who we'll get to in a second, they both have tie breaks uh, over Buffalo. So, again, Buffalo with five AFC losses, just not good at all for this team. Uh, Washington beat the Raiders 17-15. You know what? Give them credit, man. The football team—they just never go away. I mean, they just don't go away. They keep getting up off the canvas. They keep punching. They keep trying. And in this particular instance, um, a big time Brian Johnson field goal uh, gave them the lead, and they won the game, seventeen to fifteen. And this Washington team is now five hundred. They have a legit chance to win the A, uh, the NFC East. I'm telling you right now, the way they're playing, uh, they actually are a pretty complete football team. Uh, I've been impressed with Ron Rivera's group here battling back that, you know, him and Flores, it shows what kind of locker rooms they have because they are following the lead of the head coach, right? Neither team, neither, you know, neither head coach, neither player group. Um, you know, no one gave up and, you know, I'll tell you what Washington, if they get into the playoffs, they can definitely be a problem because they like to slow teams down. Um, they're really running it. Um, you know, they're working the, the, the play action uh, off of that with, with Heineken and company. Uh, Gibson is a weapon. McKissick, I mean, they, they've got guys who can, who can uh, you know, dance on the field and make some plays. So, uh, kudos to the football team for winning uh, another one. The Rams beat the Jaguars 37-7. to Not a ton to say here other than, you know, similar to the Bears and Cardinals and similar to the situations happening in the NFL. Um You know, on a weekly basis, uh, the roster for the Jaguars has no chance against that roster of the Rams. The Rams also came in hungry. The Rams have been getting doubted. Um, You know, many people, including me, don't think that they're in the top group of the NFC. I think the the best team is Green Bay. Uh, I would probably go, um, despite record, uh, I would I would take Tampa Bay number two and then Arizona three. And part of that is because I can trust. Uh, brady and Ma- and uh, rogers right i mean i can tr- i can trust those guys i can trust what those franchises have done throughout their history so uh, it's going to be a very very intriguing situation to see what the rams can do cooper cup had another just huge day uh, sony michelle matt stafford they got a trio of offense there uh, in a blowout win over the jacksonville jaguars the jags are now oh and five on the road two and ten total one win come against the bills nice job buffalo and uh, the Rams are 4-2 and two at home, 8-4 and four overall. Steelers and Ravens in an absolute bloodbath. Uh, no scoring in the first quarter. It was a 7-3 to three game at the half in favor of the Ravens. And then the Steelers uh, got 17 fourth-quarter points to the second-half total of the Ravens, which was 12. And I was not a fan of John Harbaugh going for the two-point conversion. I know a lot of people, well, if you'd made it, you would have said, no, I wouldn't have, because here's why. There's a couple reasons. One, you have Justin Tucker. (laughs) You know, you have the best kicker on the planet. Number two is, with this being a defensive game, you could probably sense that it was going to be back and forth and possession-driven. You know, who's going to get that one big run? Uh, Who's going to win... A special teams play, something of, of that nature. And when you get into those back and forths, oftentimes the only uh, thing you need to win is a field goal. And, you know, that's that could have been the option in overtime. Um, instead, Baltimore blows it, two point conversion uh, out of the outstretched arms of Andrews. Um, Lamar loves him. Oh, and you know what the other reason is? You have the better quarterback. I mean, for God's sakes, Big Ben is basically on borrowed time. He's Know, kind of, they're trying to just hold them upright at this point. Lamar Jackson's a far better quarterback, could have ridden all that in overtime. Pathetic. Seahawks beat the 49ers 30 to 23. I came close to picking Seattle because I felt like the Niners it was time for them to lose. Um, but they're five and five, uh, they're six and six right now, right at 500. Um, that's going to be a really in- intriguing uh, rest of the way here for the 49ers, and certainly Russell Wilson might be playing his final games. Uh, in Seattle, I should also note that the Steelers are six five and one four two and one at home, and the Ravens are six uh, eight and four. Excuse me, six games played on the road. They are three and three. But I was impressed with Russell Wilson. I mean, he, you know, he he did his thing. Um, you know, he had some some really really uh, great throws. He was thirty of thirty seven, so he was very efficient. He only had two hundred thirty one yards though, but um, very very good win for the Seattle Seahawks, a a, a solid win. And, you know, sometimes coaches have another coach's number. Teams have another team's number. And and, you know what, Pete Carroll, man, I'm telling you with Kyle Shanahan, it's like he's just got a number there, right? And, um, you know, Wilson, it was good to see him get Lockett and and DK Metcalf involved. Uh, Those two guys combined for 128 yards and one touchdown on 12 receptions. So it was a good, good, good win for the Seattle Seahawks. They exposed uh, San Francisco a, a little bit. Elijah Mitchell had 96 yards and a touchdown. I think if you're a Seattle fan, you sign up for that. The way he's been running uh, did not allow 100 yards uh, on the ground. George Kittle had a fantastic game. Uh, that bodes well for the Niners if they're going to make the playoffs because he's a huge target there uh, at tight end. He runs routes like a receiver. He's built like a, a brick you-know-what house and. Uh, Kittle went for 181 yards and two touchdowns on nine receptions. So really great stuff there out of George Kittle. Uh, the 49ers are four and two on the road, six and six overall. Four and eight are the Seahawks uh, after that victory against San Francisco. And uh, at let's see what their um, the record at home is now two and four. And speaking of home field advantage disappearing, there's another case in point. You know, if your team just isn't as good as it used to be, it's hard to have home field advantage, man. It really is. Your home field advantage is only as good as how, how well your team is doing. Um, the Broncos went into Kansas City and lost 22-9. to nine. The big play uh, was the pick six by Daniel Sorensen. It was 75 yards for Kansas City. Uh, this is one of the ugliest football games you'll ever see. Um, you know, you, you have some talent uh on on this on, on, on the slate here with the Chiefs and the Broncos. Um obviously we know, you know, look, Javante Williams for the Broncos is actually uh I actually like him a lot. You know, just another of the latest examples of why you don't need to go crazy with running backs in the upper first round of the draft. Um because you can find them, you can platoon them, uh, and that is exactly what's happening with the Denver Broncos. You know, next man up theory now in Minnesota. You've got two back, uh, two back system in Dallas and in Green Bay when everybody's healthy. So, uh, but you can find guys late. You can pick people up off the scrap heap. You can go to free agency. Uh, you could even go to the trade market, etc. But you don't need to go out and get a monster running, unless it's like Adrian Peterson or like a Derrick Henry. Um, you know, I just I wouldn't touch running back in the first round, you know, at all. Uh, but the Chiefs are winning with defense. If they figure out their offense here in the coming weeks, they're going to be awfully tough to beat. You know, awfully tough to beat. I would not be surprised right now to see a Kansas City New England AFC Championship game. Just would not be surprised whatsoever. Kansas City now eight and four. 5-2 and two at home, and the Broncos are 6-6, six and 3-3 six, three and three on the road. All right, the ML Sports Platter is brought to you by your great friends at the Allen Angus Pub, Sit Means Sit Syracuse, Stanley Law Offices, and Elevate Fitness of Syracuse. Make sure you stop into DeWitt and Liverpool if you're in and around Central New York. Two great locations. They have the pool, the hot tub, all the amenities, tennis courts. They've got private classes, workout classes, training, and more. They have a walk uh, around track there. Uh, I used some of the free weights the other day. They're really nice, great grips. So make sure you get on over to Elevate Fitness of Syracuse and grab your membership today in Liverpool and in DeWitt. The final game of the night was Monday Night Football against uh, the Bills if you're the New England Patriots. And this game was an absolute physical domination by the Patriots. Uh, They absolutely outcoached the Bills in every which way. Their assistants out coach the Bills assistants. Bill Belichick out coach Sean McDermott. This game was a complete joke. I felt that the Bills really could have thrown the ball more and established that. Uh, I don't know what it is with Sean McDermott. You know, did he listen to fans in the off season? Did he listen to media in the off season? Like, we need a running game. We've got to keep running the ball. We got to keep forcing the run. Well, look, I'm all in on. I'm all in on balanced offenses. But when you don't have the personnel, you can't keep forcing it like this. Breida and Singletary and Moss are just not good running backs. They're not getting any yardage. The, the offensive line is also garbage and not blocking for them that well. Uh, it was good to have Spencer Brown back, no doubt. But, again, you're missing John Feliciano. Seems like that guy is always hurt. And I'm just really, really sick and tired of Shaw McDermott and his defensive conservative BS. I mean – he was horrible in this game. He burned a timeout with the challenge. He burned a timeout um, in the second half that allowed the Bills only to have one. There was no sense of urgency at the at the end of the first half when they could have gotten the ball back and maybe aired it out a couple of times. The Bills won the toss. They should have elected to receive because then they would have had the the, the the win at their back in the fourth quarter. There were so many things that were going on. And, you know, the Bills—they're they, just a broken team right now. Uh, they look like a team that's not going to make the post season. Um, but I, 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 you know, stranger things have happened. They haven't strung together consecutive wins here this year. They're just back and forth, back and forth. And I think a lot of this does have to do with the bills, you know, just the hype and expectations this year with a target on their back. They haven't handled it. You know, that's all there is to it. If you follow me on Twitter at Mike L sports, I talked about that last night. You know, it's just, it's insane. Um, and so the Bills have a lot of work left to do, man. They've got, I mean, they got to go at Tampa. they got to go at New England. Uh, you've got three games at home. Should be winnable games, but you never freaking know. Carolina, Atlanta, and the Jets. Uh, so let's see what happens here with this group. But um, I, I've lost complete faith in the team. I've lost complete faith in Sean McDermott. You know, we haven't heard... Uh, the word uh, culture in a long time associated with the Buffalo Bills. You got to have a pretty good team in order to have good culture and you've got to win. And that's the key thing. When you win, you know, you you throw around culture a lot. Well, when you lose, what's the word, right? Because the Bills decided to run this thing back together uh, this year, you know, run, run it back, give, you know, get the band back together. They bring back Feliciano, Milano, Williams, right, all at bargain basement deals for, for what their value was at the time. I was a fan of doing this at the time. Clearly, I am a prisoner of the moment guy right now where I would tell you that they obviously made a horrific move bringing back a ton of people. And the bills are exposed, right? I mean, let's be honest. The blueprint is out there. It's been out there. Um, you know, you, you, you want to run the football. You want to use some play action. And Mac Jones only threw the ball three damn times. But you want to use the run game. You want to use some play action. You want to control line of scrimmage. You want to be the better team on special teams. Uh, you, you, you want to play uh, just a sound, disciplined football game with a lack of penalties. And the Patriots outclassed the Bills in every which way in this game. Josh Allen, by the way, was absolutely awful in this game. Um, I, I heard John Middlecoff, I think, talk about how he was impressed with Allen because even in the, in the, in the wind, uh, especially on that last drive, uh, Allen was able to throw it, and 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 okay, that's fine. But Josh Allen also missed a ton of guys, and I know that the teardrop bomb to Diggs was was kind of in Diggs' hands. It looked a little bit like a, it was a tough catch. Um, you know, Allen did not get any favors from Dawson Knox. I mean, he drops the first pass thrown to him, and then uh, Allen later in the game is scrambling for his life on third and nineteen. And uh and baboom, you know, he 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 fires it to Dawson Knox. It's in his hands, and and it's not in his hands. Adrian Phillips bats it out. So uh this was just a total, total, total bludgeon job. The Bills knew that the run was coming and the Bills still couldn't stop the run. The Bills gave up listen to this. The Bills gave up 222 yards on 46 carries. To the New England Patriots, 111 yards to Damian Harris. Stevenson, 78. Bolden got in the act a little bit, and the defense was, you know, they were just overwhelming the Bills' offensive line. Um, you know, Matthew Judon got his. He had three tackles, all solo. He had a sack. Uh, the Patriots had two sacks in in total. The other one came from uh, Akulay. Um, I don't know. I just the Bills are are are. They're a mess. There's layers to this thing, and it's ugly, and they're in real danger of missing the postseason. Week 13 is in the books for the NFL. I'm Mike Lindsley. The ML Sports Platter is brought to you by our great friends at Burn Dairy, Bryant & Stratton College of Syracuse, Welch & Company Jewelers, and our terrific, terrific, terrific friends over at Camillus Golf Club. I was there uh, just yesterday signed on again for 2022. They're back as the official golf course of the ML Sports Platter. Make sure you get your membership today to Camillus Golf Club. If you're in and around the state of Central New York, uh, in and around the state of New York, I should say, drive over to Central New York, hit up Camillus Golfers Travel, like to play new courses, great greens, awesome views, awesome food after your round. The Pro Shop is terrific as well, stocked with all of your Under Armour gear. Make sure you go to Camillus Golf Club, a proud ML Sports Platter sponsor, and get your 2022 membership today. As I always tell you, enjoy the games.